0: I guess I should get to this later, but it, it did remind me of the, move, the movie Hook, you know, where Peter oh, Pan for forgets sure. how to fly yeah. because he grew up and he became a, a lawyer and lawyers don't fly, you know, yeah, lawyers are very grounded anymore. It's a tragedy. Yeah. And then he, he like, you know, went through that scene where all of a sudden he can see the food yep. at that feast and it was all imagine imagination. But I think that that's actually the key. I think imagination and you as a child imag- um, using that imagination a lot is actually the key to to where you're supposed to go and the life that you Can I just be a comment real quick? Yeah.
1: So you're telling people they should pretend to eat invisible food and then think that that's sustenance? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo.
1: What's up, guys? Crypto King here.
0: Apologies for uh, last week of um, us doing a repeat. I was sick. It was on you. It was on me.
1: Nowadays if you get sick, that's completely your fault.
0: Well So yeah. you should take
1: the L. Yeah. Just take the fucking L and apologize. I
0: attracted that into my life. Apologize. You know? I did. I said I started it off literally saying I'm sorry.
1: Is it but is it wasn't enough? It wasn't I, enough for me.
0: Um dressed up today because I wanted to feel not sick for the first time in <laughs> yeah. a week and a half.
1: You look fantastic. Thank By you. Way, if you those of you who are missing out on Nikki on the YouTubes Really is a good episode. I've never worn
0: this dress. This is the debut of this dress. I
1: enjoy it very thank, much. Thank you. Yeah, You look like a politician's wife and I do not look like a politician. I kind
0: of felt like that when I put it on. I was yeah. like, wow, I look like I give a speech.
1: Yeah. 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 Like I'm, I, I'm like getting, a very empty speech. Like a
0: speech where I want people on my side. <laughs> exactly.
1: After. It's like th- you're not taking a stand on really anything. But no. you, but you look great. I look
0: polished. And
1: afterward, everyone's like, "You did so good. You, you look great."
0: And I did a study <clears throat> that blue is a trustworthy color. That's
1: right. Because all your polling people, um, who slowly remove all humanity from your personality, mm-hmm. uh, also trust at that point. Yes.
0: Which kind of something to do with our topic today a little bit i think it it kind of like
1: front facing personalities
0: yeah yes how do you want to start it i mean i feel like it's kind of like a steve and i have been talking about a kind of a mixture of topics that have been bleeding together lately yes and have Been fodder for fantastic conversation that I wish was recorded. I do as well. But then we're like, we should put this on a podcast because it's some shit they don't tell you. And we're
1: like, but the batteries aren't charged.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh no! And then my
0: voice went away. Yeah,
1: and oh, I have to dump all the footage from last week. Hold on. Yeah. So it's not just instant over here. So then
0: now we're going to try to recreate those conversations. Probably not going to be as good.
1: It's a second, third, fourth (laughs) tier, frankly. Uh, no, but truly, um, yeah. We were. We. I mean, look. This has been kind of a common theme for us lately, especially the past. I would say, maybe for you, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. I would say that, but we've really kind of honed in on like some of the the real things that we could do about it mm-hmm. within the past, probably like two months.
0: Yeah. Well, it started. I feel like uh, with an unraveling when I went. I, I went to see a new therapist last year around april march april I got diagnosed with adhd and um like found out i was on the spectrum kind of thing and By the way, uh, dealt with a lot it. of Thank you called yeah it. you were i mean you honestly you were one of the catalysts to, to for me to actually take it seriously and go get tested um uh, and i was shocked like i was like whoa like not only was i shocked that i went this long 35 years without knowing that and but I was also shocked that like so much of my life made sense afterwards. Honestly,
1: not to be too corny, but very thankful for a childhood friend of mine named BJ, who is his name. Um, but he <laughs> he was on the spectrum. Yeah. And um, I remember being his friend, and I remember seeing a lot of the things that you do mm-hmm. normally yeah. in him as well. And I remember not thinking that they were weird at all, but then looking back on those things, you know, quote unquote weird, right? Like what everyone mm-hmm. else sees as weird, but like for you, it's just your normal thing. Right. And so that's why it's, it's not the same as like just you're a normal person. Like you have, there's a spectrum, right? <laughs> yeah. So not putting anybody down, good Lord. Um, but I'm just saying I was able to recognize, I think a lot of the things that you were doing from the, the great experience that I have with my childhood best buddy, um, BJ, which um, helped me see it. And, and, and do
0: you know, that's so funny that you say that because that's the reason why I was dismissed as not having it. Oh, my mom. So my, m- my family members, uh, ha- my uncle especially had been diagnosed with Asperger's and my mom was like, well, Nikki kind of has some of those things, but not as extreme. Therefore yes, she must exactly. not have it yes. and not realizing well, that it's not called a plastic
1: spe- bubble and you're, and you're not being walked around by, um, people <laughs> in white coats. So, but you know, you know what I mean? Like there's a. There's yeah, a stereotype she, about yeah, that stuff. Not that she was playing into it. No, no, no. It.
0: she just like you only know what you what you exactly. know, right? And so the same reason, like when I went to her saying I think I have depression, she was like, "Well, you're not bipolar. Like you don't have any of these symptoms, so then you must not have depression." <laughs> and just depression wasn't really talked about or known. Like there was way well, more it was of a seen stigma. As an excuse yeah, for and, a long time. And there was just there was so much unknown about it. We didn't talk about it as much as we do today. So it was just a stigma. It was very, um, very much. The older generation thought d- correlated depression with being crazy, you know, yeah. like an a you know, you're going to see a shrink or whatever. Whereas nowadays we don't really talk about it that way, so which is nice. It's kind of destigmatized. Um, But yeah, so she was like, well, Nikki does a lot of similar things, but not as extreme. Therefore, you know, she must not have it. Anyway, all that to say that like that started this unraveling of really, um, I guess me wanting to find like get to the truth of who I am as a person like if you really were to strip all of the mask off like all of the things that you've been socially conditioned to put on yourself and this is not just a people on the spectrum thing this is also just in society you are you have a certain level there's a that even typical people will have of of this layer of social conditioning and what you're trained is acceptable and what is not acceptable and women even more so (laughs) because we're just like there's a Standard for how you're supposed to be as a woman. So I think, like from a younger age, girls are taught to mask a lot more than boys are. Yeah, which is why it's actually hard to get diagnosed as an adult female. Yes, um, because, which is a more
1: known thing now, right? But it I mean, wasn't back then. When they you thought girls up.
0: didn't have it, and then now um, women, after like so much later in life, have typically masked so much. Even as a typical, a neurotypical person, like you're, you're already wearing so many layers of masking trying to be accepted by society that it's hard to tell if you are if you are it's hard to tell who the real you is under there you know yes anyway i i'm fortunate that i was in um a, a field that it's more of a creative field and i get to be more of me than i would if i had maybe
1: it was closer to the surface yeah
0: yeah, yeah. it was more raw Whereas, uh, people working a nine to five corp- to. corporate life you know you you have to like fit yep. in or, or die it. you know yeah um but it was really interesting to me because there was so so many things made sense of of like these social interactions that i had no idea what went wrong and then it come to, comes to the surface that it's like, oh, well, this is because you you your brain thinks this way and their brain thinks this way. And so you have these um, false, assu- like both of you think you're assuming the same thing. So it's like false uh, contextualized assumptions. Like someone says something and I assume that they mean one thing. So I say something back, assuming that they understand that I'm responding oh, to yeah. that. And then they're like, they take it, take offense to whatever I said, because My assumption was not what they assumed, you know?
1: And you're a little more matter-of-fact. Yeah. um, Which... I love about you, um, but yeah, like you know, in the wrong <laughs> era scenario, yeah, somebody could take offense to that when you're being matter of fact, and you're like, wait, why don't, why wouldn't I be matter of fact?
0: Right, like if someone got, um, st- was telling a story and something didn't add up,
1: you know, like yes, there's a whole. you've done to me many times, and
0: I, it's like... you just <laughs>
1: blow me up in the middle of a story. It doesn't matter if I'm flourishing it to make it a little yeah. bit funnier. <laughs> She'll blow it up in the middle of the fucking story, and I'm like, okay. There's two things th- that are going on here. Either number one, she's a comedy saboteur who wants all the laughs to herself, and that's the insecure side of me, right? Yeah. That was like the very early, and I
0: didn't get that. That's something that he, people could even assume, it like that, that that was a thing that, like, oh, I'm attacking you to make you look bad,
1: yeah, well, or you, whatever. Comedy saboteur, so that you can you, the laughs are for you, yeah. Oh, let me remove some of that laughs from him, and now it's more about me again. But no, that not was not you at all. That's not that's the further thing from you. Um, your. You are the least selfish person it's I know. It's more
0: like you're telling a story, and now I can't focus on your story because there was an I'm inaccuracy. In.
1: What happened there, there? was wait. There was That's an inaccuracy. Not true. We didn't live there. We lived at no, this place. we actually place. lived at this. <laughs> we didn't live at the funeral home place. We lived at this place. But then it's funnier for Steve's story if we lived at the funeral home but place. I didn't
0: get it because my brain locked onto that inaccuracy, and I needed you to know not from a which place of. We did of, live at
1: the funeral home, no, by the way. Yeah, right. we
0: did. But it, it's like I didn't understand for so long that my brain was like, "Oh, I would like to be accurate in my storytelling." So if someone points out it. <laughs> An inaccuracy. It's thank you for pointing that out so that I could correct my story to be more accurate. I I didn't understand that people saw it as me going like, I'm taking the light out of your story. Yeah, you did. know,
1: it, well, it's a stupid. Um, honestly, it's part of the um, the great defense of man, right? Where, you know, we're all in a scenario where we're maybe exposing ourselves being a little more vulnerable than maybe we would like mm-hmm. to be. And then someone comes in and so we assume the worst possible intention behind it yeah, as a defense mechanism, instead of just like trying to find the humanity in it, which we all do. Good Lord. I do that all the time too. Um, but trying to zoom out a little bit and like reassess and see like the humanity of people's intentions. Helps me a lot. Hope it helps a lot of people a lot. But yeah, it helped me understand your situation a lot more, especially the, the more we talked about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was super uber helpful because now when those situations come up, I have a place that's like, oh, is it? Could it be that my brain interpreted what they said as this, but really they thought they were saying that? Or I, I mean, it, to most people, like, there's it's being interpreted as this, yes. and it allows me to like really understand the Differences and thought, and not get so. I used to give uh, well, I still do sometimes get really emotional when I'm misunderstood because yeah, I well, you
1: also mask a lot because you have to because of what has happened to you, yeah, in the past. Um, so you revert to people pleasing a lot more than you would like to just to try to make up for that. You're, you're like, I don't want to be wrong here, yeah, so let me like cover who I am, like a little bit here, and and try to appease you. And so nobody's really winning from this interaction no. because I'm just appeasing you and you, you do this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're not really being productive with that relationship because mm-hmm. you're just appeasing them and then they're And just
0: hoping they still like me. Yes, and then yeah. so it's
1: just a transactional like I hope they like me and then they're like Oh, yeah, Nikki's cool, man. She's like super agreeable to all my viewpoints.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then as my authentic self slowly dies there's yeah, yeah and
1: then withers. I wonder
0: why I'm so depressed all the time exactly. <laughs> yeah, so there was this unraveling that started last year, and it was super helpful. um and I really felt like I was getting in touch to so like the the raw root of of where of who I am and where my passions are and where i derive happiness from without external uh, external sources right like where like what's the path i'm meant to walk that's like coming from a pure authentic place yeah, wh-
1: where's your engine at? Yeah, yeah yeah without
0: if, there, if i i want to say if i lived in a vacuum but part of walking that path would be to share with other people so it's like not but what's not ego-based you know what is mm-hmm. more in alignment with with who I am and what I feel is is right. And I think that finding that spark that we've talked about before, like the thing that leads you to those those feelings of having that spark is your intuition telling you that that's the way that you're supposed to go. Yeah. And then we did an episode last year, at the end of last year, when we bought a house um, here in Vegas, when we were moving to a different state about the hero's journey and about answering the call and where you're... Your, um, you get uh, everyone gets a call. I'm, no one's special in that. Like you're getting a call from the universe, or whatever, this little voice inside you that's like, "Hey, I kind of like this direction. I really kind of want to go this. This way makes me happy. I'm feeling like these sparks of joy that I ha- that I don't feel in my everyday life. I'm over here working my job, being a productive human being, and I'm feeling this like tug that I'm supposed to go this way. Everyone gets those feelings you don't get to choose when you get those feelings but you get a. it's called getting a call from the universe and i
1: don't know anyone who hasn't had that at some point
0: right Every yeah i think that
1: like my own father who i thought was the most like rigid um you know um logical thinking person ever i found out i had a creative side but not like when i was like 23 years old yeah Like in a random conversation,
0: dude. Same with my parents. My parents are both in finance. Um, My dad's a CPA. My mom's a financial controller of a bank. Eventually, vice president of a bank. So you know, very like left-brain careers. But um, when I, it was really surprising when I was like twelve. I found all this poetry that my dad wrote, like he's like super creative. And I I found out like (laughs) he color coordinates, he color coordinates all of his closet. You know, he like really has this like creative side. He loves wearing funky socks to work and like hiding them under his dress pants, you know? And that's his like little bit of, I think creative rebellion
1: it's just out. like clown balloons and socks. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he sure. has this
0: little thing in him that's like rebelling against this this non-creative path that he chose. Yep. And and my mom paints these beautiful watercolor paintings, but you know, doesn't really find time for it anymore and and she like um, you know, really focused on providing for the kids and both of them working full-time jobs in these like very left-brain careers, finance, analytical careers. And I didn't find out till later that they were actually really creative people, and I think that the, a lot of people kind of have these sparks, and they just don't think it could be translated into a career. So it's just a silly, yeah, just a silly hobby that oh, they have on up. the side.
1: I got to grow up a little bit mentally. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's like yeah, I got to grow up. Got to grow up. Honestly, it reminds me. Well, the stuff that we're talking about. I guess I should get to this later, but it, it did remind me of the move, the movie Hook. You know where Peter oh, Pan for forgets sure. how to fly yeah. because he grew up and he became a, a lawyer and lawyers don't fly. You know yeah, lawyers he didn't are very believe grounded. In anymore. It was a, it was a yeah, and then he he like you know went through that scene where all of a sudden he can see the food yep. at the feast and it was all imagine, imagination, but I think that that's actually the key i think imagination and you as a child imagine um, using that imagination a lot is actually the key to to where you're supposed to go and can and i just the be a hater comment you're... real quick yeah
1: so you're telling people they should pretend to eat invisible food and then think that that's sustenance? absolutely
0: i don't think enough okay. people i need to end the stigma of not eating invisible food
1: so i take a turkey so here's what nikki's saying take a turkey leg put it to your mouth chew and that's going to give you sustenance. People will die from what you just Everybody's said. Everybody's like, people how are do we die.
0: How do we end starvation? I'm telling you, eat imaginary food. I'm telling you, right now, quote that's me. That's what she said. Qu-
1: <laughs> people
0: are going to take that literally.
1: I know they will. I There's enough
0: will. people on the spectrum that are going to take that literally. put <laughs> <laughs> a hashtag sarcasm.
1: Well, they have a lot of, they actually Don't have think. a way better sense of humor than they are perceived to have.
0: No, so. it's a, just a different sense of humor, yeah. which I, Eminem is on the spectrum, you know, and I, I always related to his humor. Yeah.
1: Is he confirmed on the spectrum? <laughs>
0: He has mentioned it a few times that he has Asperger's. No I don't know if it's like he hasn't been like I have an official diagnosis, but like it's pretty obvious to <laughs> Love me. It. Love it. But anyway, um so we're talking about uh answering the call, right? And everyone has this call and and you can choose whether to answer the call or not, and most people don't because it's really scary to answer the call. You're going to go out of your comfort zone, leave everything that you know behind and go down this path that you don't know where it goes. And it's pretty scary but I think that both Steve and I have gone through a lot of cycles of answering the call and I don't know I don't know what in us made us want (laughs) to answer the call more than others this like um I've had it since I was little where I was just like I would rather and like go through this unknown of things that feel good a feel that feel right than this This way that everyone says is the correct way to go, but feels wrong to me. It's like not in alignment with how I feel I should go.
1: For you, it feels antiquated.
0: Yeah. And it it feels, it literally feels wrong. But
1: that is an attack (laughs) on some people's way of life, which is wild because you're just talking about yourself.
0: Right. So I did bring this up. Uh, the, it, actually, I didn't bring it up. I brought it uh, got brought up to me many times um, in a recent conversation with somebody who is in a more corporate career path, who is choosing to leave behind, had a quick foray in uh, a creative field, and has decided that actually for them the better path is. The corporate world they feel more comfortable Which there is great. they thought there and i was like super supportive That's awesome. very happy for them yep. they're crushing it and i'm like couldn't be more happy but
1: just because you're talking about like leaving your comfort zone doesn't mean it's comfortable for everybody
0: right you right know what i mean
1: like uh, that 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 it's about like your fit
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's all I've ever preached to people: is finding something that's in alignment with with you, with what feels good to you. The problem was, but but real
1: quick, but it sounds like when you're saying that, like, like there's this voice and it's like trying to come out, and then we also we also we stifle it. But Uh to some people, it sounds like you're saying everybody should just open that voice up and pry it open and see what happens, and like go make that your livelihood. But like (laughs) that's not what you're saying. You're saying, hey, like. Listen to it. See what it's about. But that doesn't mean it's like your fucking future.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, okay. Now we're going off on a couple of different tangents. We'll come back to this story with this friend. But um, a couple of times on the show, people have misconstrued us saying that there's an alternative path to college as us saying, don't go to college. Don't go to college anymore. That's absolutely not what we're saying. But but,
1: they'll still hear us saying that.
0: No. Uh, We've said it
1: so many times. We've said
0: it so many times that I'm like, if you if you see that your career path of what, what you feel pulled to do
1: doesn't align with college re,
0: no requires college oh, yeah. go to college please go to college absolutely thousand percent go to college what I'm saying is that there's a whole <coughs> bunch of people out there right now and I see it on Twitter all the time I'm actually following a bunch of random people from back in the day when I did followbacks and now I'm like following a bunch of people who when I followed them they were like 13 I was doing follow backs and now they're grown ass adults out like years removed from college and they're having a really tough time out there and they feel like well one there's this huge wealth class that two they were promised that if they graduated college that they'd have like some sort of job security to pay back their student loan debts and they got fucked by the system and I am not saying the system fucks everybody nor am I saying don't go to college and you know f- you know fuck the system. I'm saying that there is an alternate way. So it should be like a beacon of hope, a light that like if this way is not working out for you and you gave it your all, maybe try this other way that like maybe if you're happens. you're getting a voice inside kind of steering you towards a different direction that like see what you have nothing to lose by try trying that way and that And that's been skewed as us saying, like, "Don't go to college." when all I'm saying is that college is a very traditional pathway that used to provide a job security that college tuition was seen as an investment that could be paid back within a year a couple of years of salary.
1: It's like the American dream. It's yeah. a fucking scam <laughs> in, in in from an angle, yeah, right? But from another angle, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go. So what are we talking about? Yes. So, you know, yeah. But yeah, that'll, that'll get construed too. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine.
0: I mean, don't you love out-of-context <laughs> clips? I, do. I enjoy it. Here's the thing. If, pe- if people are out there misconstruing it, they don't get it, they don't get it. And actually, I want to touch on that later um, of what makes – because I used to get – fixated on why people get so outraged by me just saying that there's another path. And I think I've finally figured out why. And we've kind of c- talked about the, this this morning while we'll, we'll touching it later. Anyway, the way that this conversation happened with this friend is that I'm happy they found their path very happy that they have uh, realized that it actually is more in corporate America and they feel really <clears throat> thriving there. The only problem was the way that they brought it up was that uh, like they're doing a real job now and the thing that I'm doing is not a real job and this isn't the first time that's happened but it was more surprising I guess that it came from a friend and two, two after being in that field that she still had that stigma around it and it's not I'm not even blaming this person because like they're very open to hearing my my perspective and it was you know just an interesting it,
1: way to it, look at it. it was
0: just yeah it kind of was jarring at first because um, I couldn't I guess believe that the stigma still exists that creative fields are still looked at as not real jobs that the only way that it's considered real, is if it's this traditional pathway. And I would think that in 2022, when we have the internet, and there's so many opportunities for creative people, and creative outlets have very much become like a real paying job. I know people that make six figures selling their stuff on Etsy. You know, artists are finding a way to thrive because there's so many more doors of opportunity that have opened because of the internet. You know, the internet is a double-edged sword, and there's a lot of like terrible stuff that has happened because of it. But there's also all these opportunities, which is really awesome. Um, And I felt bad that there was still this stigma being promoted that I've heard since I was a kid. That if I was going to be an artist, I was going to be poor the rest of my life. It's not real. It's a pipe dream. Eventually, but like, what do you really want to be when you grow up? Grow up. Because it can't be art. It can't be anything creative. It always
1: goes back to grow up.
0: And then, uh, you know, this person was like, okay, but you get to do a fun Mm. job and I was like but if it's so fun why are you leaving if
1: it's so (laughs) fun
0: why if you've been given this opportunity and it's so much fun why are you leaving and and this person was like well I guess it is hard in a different way it's more emotionally taxing but my this new job is hard because I'm going to be spending so much more time doing it and I was like so you don't think creatives spend 40 hours a week doing Bro. I would almost argue or they more. do double that. Yes. Yeah. But and then they were like, well, but you don't have to answer to a boss. I'm like,
1: that's ye- not true either. That you're, first of all, your customers are your boss. <laughs> yes. Second, oh, that's such a see that that just you don't understand like some of the fundamentals of business actually, like of, of having a um a customer driven business. Yeah. Like maybe you understand like a corporate side of it where like you're working somewhere and they already provide you the customers. So you don't have to fucking sweat it. But that that is such a misnomer. I mean, I'm only saying that because my father owned a business when I was growing up, and like, dude, like, like customers is like literally your lifeblood. Like, that's what that's what yes. your business is.
0: So there's this thing with mm. art. You hear about tortured artists, and this happens all the time with YouTubers and pretty much any creative field that I've ever talked to anyone in. Once once they become a professional in that creative field, there's this um, tortured artist thing where. This art that I do sells, but it doesn't feed my soul.
1: Happens to everybody.
0: This art feeds my soul, but it doesn't sell. So you, then there's this this tug of war balance that you have to find between creating work that feeds your soul, but also mm-hmm. creating the work that you need to make to make the customer happy, so that you survive off Absolutely. of it. Absolutely, not everyone
1: gets to go make indies, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
1: gotta, you know.
0: So so there is this like turmoil that every creative you know goes through when it's like art and business of course. and and to just be kind of blatantly told like all everything you do is made up and silly and fun is and then this thing i'm doing over here is real it's is, just the lack
1: of understanding is,
0: is yeah but i think that there's a if this is just a little sample size of it i think there's a broader belief in that yeah and
1: because what they're doing isn't not real no the same way that what what we're doing is isn't not real. So like like there's a mutual respect that should be had mm-hmm. instead of like going, "Well, that's all silly stuff." And that's probably derived from an insecurity that's t- attached to it through fear. Yeah, but it's like, well, I probably shouldn't be successful at this because it seems too fun. It can't last.
0: Yeah, the sustainability factor. Like people always come back to that. Well, what about security? But like jobs aren't secure. Like look look at the pandemic we just went through. Yes. I mean, it's it's essential
1: workers. Hello. It's, it's like it's an illusion classified by government officials. It's so like, what is an essential worker? Even me and Nikki got called essential workers because we do a podcast. Yeah. Give me a break.
0: Like so we were should, allowed to group up yeah. to do podcasting. So, yeah. You
1: know, everyone can chill out on that. I
0: just think that there's this mass illusion that's been slowly breaking, which is nice, but um, <clears throat> that we don't live in a world where this is guaranteed anymore. Where You don't get guaranteed health insurance. You don't get guaranteed pension. You don't get any, like, this isn't, What it was in the '80s, you know, and and
1: you think Social Security is going to last? You know, like good luck, bro. And
0: anything that's new and innovative can be at one time be seen as something not real and silly. The
1: internet, the internet was called a fad. In fact, one of the most popular quote unquote economists, named Paul Krugman, called internet the the internet, the World Wide Web, a fad and had no future in business or reality in the '90s. And like he is still acclaimed in like all kinds of yeah. like they give him awards, all kinds of shit. That is probably the dumbest call that has ever been called. <laughs> like ever. Yeah. But nobody even talks about that anymore. It's it's just funny how um, you know, you can you can be an expert in a field swing a miss so hard. And by the way, you will do that. That is a real thing. Yeah. That will definitely happen. But the people don't view you any differently they still go well he's still that expert guy i guess Mm -hmm. you know what i mean
0: yeah because you have all the credentials if you have enough credentials like you're good so you know those aren't made up if (laughs) you're not
1: sitting there like talking about what you learned from your mistakes (laughs) yeah like i think that you're fucking up already
0: totally and but there's the other here's the other thing is that the more solidified that people think they know things like you know how the world operates you know the less you're learning, anyway, you're not open to learning because you already know.
1: Yeah, you can't learn exactly. anything if
0: you already know everything. And I have a
1: degree in it, and I already know.
0: And so when you make mistakes, you go, so far. "Well, I'm an expert, so I, you know, just that was a an error on judgment." But yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I already know how to do blah blah blah. Um, which leads me to my next point, which is that I believe, and I'm just seeing through my the course of my life and. Trying this so many times of like answering the call and being like, sure, I'll be the dummy, I'll be the fool in the tarot card deck that like takes a leap and doesn't know where it's going. Just other than that, I think this is the direction I'm supposed to go and see what happens. I like experiments, like especially like the adventure experiments where I don't feel like I have a lot to lose. You're very good at that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's I have so many hobbies. Like I love learning new shit, I love like seeing. Like what, how to do things, and I, I just I thrive off of like that whole process. Even even the failing part, like the yeah. failing and being like, what did I do wrong? Okay, let me let me figure this out, and and you know solving those those things. But um, I, what I've what I've realized through um doing that, and also you know coming across the works of Neville Goddard and um, even like. Uh, jerry and esther hicks and uh uh, you can look google it google it but
1: but the significance of them is
0: and a lot of spiritually enlightened t-shirts teach about how um your that you can literally create your reality Mm. and a lot of people don't like to hear that because it means that the reality they're they've they're in right now if they don't like it then they have some responsibility in creating it and so people you know are very turned off to that and especially since we've been conditioned to believe that that we don't believe something until we see it when it actually operates the other way around and this is through all spiritual teachings and like all all kinds of works have been done on this where (laughs) our brain is so powerful actually that our beliefs create our thoughts and our thoughts actively create our reality as if we're living in a simulation and it's rendering it in real time.
1: Well, I don't know what you know, speaking of rendering, wow, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what you know about special effects, but one of the most fascinating things about the entire industry, which I find very fascinating, um, is the way that artists are the visionaries who almost like plant the flag in in an unknown place and say, I want us to go here and then these visual effects artists are like, okay, how do we get there? And mm-hmm. then they practically try to actually figure out how to do it. In the same way that like we have a fucking space program because people like th- there were there was I mean dude there's so much about like going to the moon, but like yeah there was a very famous um um movie like very old old movie about like this this guy who fires like a bullet at the moon and then like you can see the moon's like a guy's face and like yeah. he gets hit with the bullet oh and he's I've like seen kind a cartoon
0: like, like that yeah
1: it's a very famous old yeah. movie right but like that was like the vision of like we're going to go to the moon we'll get there somehow yeah you know and that that was like that's what that's what I I wish more people instead of seeing artists as silly and like they're, they're yeah. young and they need to grow up but i wish and there is some of that of course in sure. everything like you have to mature as an artist always mm-hmm. but i wish that people saw them more as the pioneers and visionaries in the, in that way where it's like they're, they're they're creating a world like asimov right or like um any of these great science fiction writers um imagine these whole worlds and now um, audiences are obsessed with them. Yeah, you know, like like, we're, like how many space operas, well, like Star the, Wars. Some of the only
0: relics that we have from ancient histories are 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 the art
1: that's left. Like yeah, absolutely. Th- that
0: like that's some of the only stuff that we have. So you got
1: Elwan Hubbard, you got Asimov, you got all these guys out there calling shots, and then you have artists today still rendering their worlds. Because they found them so inspirational, and so they're bending our technology towards vi- like actually visualizing and exploring those spaces. I mean, look at Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Tolkien was like, "Hey, there's like this old place, and like there, it's like Mordor, and like there's like all these little dwarves, and you know, hobbits, and." That's like the entire fantasy genre Mm -hmm. is because that guy called his shot and now everyone's trying to render and create and like, you know, experience and like go there. And like, but, but it's about making, giving humanity goals. And then seeing what we do with them. And I yeah. I just think that artists have such an important place, but again, it gets it gets beaten to death with the grow up.
0: Yeah, shit. and it took me a long time to realize it because of that too. Even I like in a creative field, maybe being like, what am I doing? I'm not even contributing to society. Yeah. Blah blah. You know, because you get you do get wrapped up and you're like, What is the whole point of this?
1: I'm not gonna be a starving artist.
0: Yeah. Well, we have to go on a break. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. but when we come back, we I'm gonna come right <coughs> back to this topic because there's a lot more to say
1: we could do fucking three of these episodes in I mean, a
0: honestly yeah. we just love talking about this shit especially when people bring stuff up and i'm like oh wait you think that that's weird because i don't think that yeah 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 and it's when we have a discussion it's really about right. it yeah all right bye whatever we tell you bye thank you hey thanks for listening to our podcast we just want to take a break to tell you to like thanks for listening to our podcast and if you want to rate it
1: Thank you for supporting the show.
0: <laughs> okay, we're back. And I hope you bought whatever we told you to buy because we're starving artists. So. Thank you. Oh my god, Thank we need oh this my to work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny when you talk about like people saying artists are silly and make believe when like humans were put on the earth without any manual and like we're literally operating by a bunch of rules that people made up. Like people you know made it. up you know laws, it. people made up like, the little, like, uh, you know, what, like, the numbers of laws and, like, what number law thing is. And, they, and then I made up a profession hey, that only people in that profession know the the code of law. It, there like, weren't
1: <laughs> robots, like, in the early 1900s, but there were depictions of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Through artists. Yeah. So, like, let's all chill a little bit. There were also depictions of, like, small computers. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Star Trek. Yeah. They had tricorders and, like, you know, Star wars. They got, like, little tiny computers compared to, like, the computers that we had at the time, which were fucking the size of a room. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, you can say what you want, but artists who are, like, projecting or, you know, you know, projecting, I think it's fair, but a future where this is possible bends um, people who are living in reality to try to strive for those goals to like picture, i well, wonder if i could build that well, and make what it does
0: that. what it does is it cha- it changes it opens your beliefs into what's possible right oh, yeah. and so how about
1: a rocket that can land itself how, like what elon's doing you can literally launch it into space it will come back into earth and it will land and you can recover the object that landed itself, didn't destroy itself like we used to do. Like it used to be like you you want to launch, you have to leave something behind, it gets destroyed in the process. Yeah. Now you, it can land itself. Like stuff like that is is only brought about through imagination. Yes. And artists are the fuel for imagination.
0: Yeah. Well what happens is when the artist suggests something, it's like, haha, that's silly, that's science fiction. Going to the moon is science fiction, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But then it opens people's mind up. To like well, what if we did go to the moon? And then you start you start playing without yeah. them knowing it. Yeah, they start they opened up an imagination in yes. the in the person receiving this idea instead of like they, they the person receiving is like that's silly, but what if that were possible? And they start to like. Go into that realm, and when you get enough people that believe that, that's when you can hit a tipping point where it does start to form into a reality because enough people believe that maybe that is possible, and then the actions. Happen because like, the thoughts come like, well, how can we make it possible? And then the actions happen, and then oh my god, it is possible until it's widely accepted because now it's a new reality. Like, and then the people that are just reacting to the current reality are like, well, of course it's possible. And so I see it right now in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. But I'll those are the it. people
1: that are in the comment section. Yeah. Going like, you can never do that. You might as well just fucking die. You'll never <laughs> be able to make that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, cool.
0: So I think that, and it's I don't want to even blame them because I think that we're actually conditioned to only believe what we see in front of you, like you know if you don't see it they don't believe it you know if you haven't seen it with your own eyes someone could be lying to you you know yeah. don't get scanned people are more afraid of
1: yeah seeming silly of seeming silly yes.
0: than they are of taking a risk i that's what i've noticed the yeah. number one inhibitor that's right of people following like the, that spark that you know that 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 thing that that unknown is that they don't want to look silly to their mm-hmm. friends and family and their peers and you know be discredited and their circles there's a
1: very um famous now publication from like the early 1900s and it was like the same year that the wright brothers flew and it was some guy who was or like a journalist at the time who was saying man will never fly like we we were we are not meant to you know what i mean like yeah and, and that by the way it's perhaps like the most remarkable thing that happened to that entire generation, right? That man eventually flew yeah. and like they were able to experience it. And now when we get on an airplane, it's so routine to us that we close the screen.
0: And we complain about and it. And we bitch
1: about <laughs> it the whole time. But like think about how amazing it is for our generation yeah. and for like for the really the last century of humanity that we can get on a plane and we're thirty thousand feet in like fifteen minutes and we're bored.
0: Do you know back in the day when commercial air air Travel first was happening that people used to dress up for it. It was like I, it was I an event. It's so sick. It was like oh my, this is an event. Yeah. You know, airline stewardess it's were like like, the were like models. Like and air pilots were like these heroes. It was like crazy. Yep. And you like you dressed up to go on the airplane because it was like crazy. It's a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. I love it. I think that's so funny. And now we just get in there on our sweats and we're like, oh, this Ugh. line, this security line's so long. Ugh. Let me take off my shoes.
1: It's so, it's honestly so wild. <laughs> like the perspectives are so funny on all of it. And that's all it is to me is funny. It's silly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that, but I think that's, it's, it's good to zoom out and see the silliness of yes. it. And, and I think the, the more that I've gone down these roads of being like, well, what happens if we do that? The more, the sillier things are. And the more I'm like, if I, we talked about like, if we, if our life was a sitcom, I would call it unrealistic writing. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Because of
0: all the silliness that happens on the daily.
1: Look, nobody, look, people used to think that I overused the term sitcom wife, and then they all saw you win the World Series of Poker fourth place. And they're like, yo, I think Steve's onto something. <laughs> I've actually never seen more of a reaction to one thought that I put out there years ago. Yeah. Of like, I swear to God, my life's a sitcom. And then people are like, yeah, okay, Steve Reed thinks his life's so fucking funny. Like, blah, 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 blah. and like, no, now maybe you guys can understand what's, what the fuck's going on in my house.
0: And that came from answering a call too. Like- but yeah,
1: but four months prior to that, you never played a tournament your whole life. That's true. And then all of a sudden, Nikki's like fourth place. And my neighbor, who's like a, a fucking poker legend named Chris Mormon, he's like, Steve, this is a big deal. We gotta go. And I'm like, I don't even know this is that big a deal. Holy shit, I guess we gotta go. Yeah. But like, that's, that's the sitcom of my life. I don't even know what a big deal this is. And then my, not to take away from what you did, obviously yeah. it is a big deal, but it's just so fucking surreal plugging all that in together and seeing what actually what actually came of it. You know what's so funny during
0: that journey is that in that very tournament, the first table I got sat at, I was with, it was me and the, uh, this other girl were at a table, we were the two girls at the table and it the show queen's gambit got brought up. You know, it's about this girl that learns how to play chess when she's like an orphan yes. and she like she's on these, you know, some drugs and she like sees the chess pieces move on the ceiling and like she becomes this like crazy uh, like idiot savant at chess basically and she's really stylish while she does it and she's very attractive and huh. and she goes through this whole like like thing where she goes from being an orphan playing her first chess game to like schooling everybody at chess and at the college level and then just like wins championships. And me and this girl we're talking about it and this guy next to us was like I'm actually a, a chess tournament player and I liked that show a lot but they didn't portray chess tournaments correctly and i was like oh we were talking about how they don't portray poker tournaments very correctly they're like a lot of like poker movies are like just very exaggerated the hands are just silly um and uh, and he asked us if we liked the show and both me and the girl were like yeah but and she's like but there was something i like off about it and I was like it was too easy for the character right and she was like yes that's it 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 seemed like there was basically no obstacles for this character that she went and then she had this like quick little obstacle like where she kind of got too far into drugs and like she lost a f- like two tournaments and then she like stopped doing drugs and like went back up and like won everything and um and we were like yeah like like it just seemed kind of like too easy like the arc just went from like winning to slightly losing to like w- rapidly winning again And and then I final tabled that tournament at the World Series. I know
1: it's so funny. And
0: I was like, maybe that writing wasn't that unrealistic. But But it was based on my version of reality. Yeah,
1: but also too something that will get missed in that is the work that you actually put in was wild. Like I don't think I mean look like I said like when my buddies like David So are texting me and stuff and they're like, bro, who's your who the fuck is your wife? That shit makes me laugh more because I know you so well that none of what you did surprised me. And again, not to take away from what you did, mm. I just saw the work you put in. Yeah. So, like, but like it will, I could say that as much as I want, but anyone could just look at a calendar and go, okay, but yeah, but four months. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. This bitch is up every fucking morning. She's doing it all motherfucking day
0: and it went exactly like Queen's Gambit though where like I mean because they <clears throat> yeah. cut out a lot of the work she did she she did study a lot and yeah. she, she put in a lot of time she failed a lot with the original teacher okay when she was a kid when she yeah. was like an orphan she was like six years old she failed a lot but <coughs> then she got really good um but, like, she slowly started winning these tournaments, like, kind of right off the bat. And that's kind of what happened with me was that I put a lot of work into it. But even putting a lot of work, people were like, well, but, there's no still but.
1: statistically, like... There's no but, though. I think you...
0: the one but was yeah. that I just, f- like, this, this f- calling, this, like, faith belief in that this is kind of what I'm just supposed to be doing. Yes, you,
1: you knew. And
0: like there was like a thing. You were pulled. That was like, but what if this did happen? Yes. What if that happened?
1: And, and because, and something else I have to say that me we were talking about a little bit earlier, because me and Nikki refused to take life that seriously, Yeah. this became something that we were both rooting for in our home. Like where it's like, imagine you just know Nikki Lima and you're like, yeah, okay, she's the Tasty Tuesday lady on YouTube. And like, you know, she's been on jk and like yeah you know she's Wherever got big mood and whatever. From. Yeah. yeah and like she's had a like like Tip, a pretty decent bartender. career for herself on the tubes and then all of a sudden it's like holy shit nikki limo is a poker fucking champion at the world <laughs> series of poker which is like the fucking super bowl of poker mm-hmm. and she final tabled and she got fourth place
0: was, and i mean yeah
1: and, and she barely started and nobody knows but like nobody knows right yeah nobody knows what you put into it that's but that's what i found so funny about that yeah is like being on the inside it's different but being on the outside it's just like wait nikki was just she just brought back tasty tuesday now she's in the world series book <laughs> what the fuck's going on and
0: that, oh, so i think that that's actually there's this other part where people i think get wrong about manifesting i think manifesting gets a very woo woo title because people will think that manifesting is like oh yeah so you like dream about like i want a million dollars and then like you wake up and you have a million dollars like that's manifesting like that's real bro no no that's actually not how it works the what what they're what all these spiritual teachers have like kind of trying to impart is that you believe something in your mind and you get and you really believe it and you feel the feelings of actually having that right and you until it feels very real to you that you have that thing and then what happens is you start acting as if you have that thing and you start doing the actions that someone with that thing would do. And the actions are what actually creates you to actually having that thing. It's like a, a reverse engineering process. Yeah, it's
1: like the it's make not it you shit.
0: like sitting on a couch and then someone rings your doorbell and goes, a million dollars, sir? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you, you're picturing every detail of having it and why and how your life has changed. And then you walk around... You know, almost open to opportunities to make that a reality. But
1: you're still just a dumb artist. So let me just let me give you an example, actually, from someone that people respect. Yes. In our culture. Okay. So Barbara Corcoran, mm-hmm. from Shark Tank, fame. Okay. Yes. Famous Barbara, who literally I've never seen her bet on a deal. She's always like, "I'm out." But <laughs> people respect and love Barbara, right? She's a, she's I guess a billionaire or like near it. She's like multi hundred millionaire, I guess, right? So she actually talked about how um there was this um so she was working in new york and um she had not you know she was not doing what she wanted to do yet she had taken a job delivering packages and one day she was taking a package to this um new york apartment and it was fucking beautiful right it was like on the edge of central park and it had its own greenhouse so like you know you're in you're in a house right but yeah then it like a whole side of it's like a bubble glass bubble and you it looks out into central park huh. and like it's fucking beautiful right right and so she's delivering this package to this woman there and like this old lady like is like thank you and she's like um uh, this is a weird thing that i'm gonna say but um if you ever want to sell your house or your apartment <clears throat> can you please contact me first and the lady kind of chuckled, you know, mm. but she took her information or whatever. And then, <clears throat> you know, Barbara ended up working her way up in in business in New York. Like she was just a packaged courier then. Yeah. Then, so you know, like a decade plus goes by, and sure enough, this woman contacts her and she's like, "Yeah, I want to sell it," and Barbara's able to buy it for like ten milli. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like,
0: she, but at and, the time, at she the time, was, right? She's,
1: but she's standing there with, <clears throat> she's standing there, and she's just saying, "You know why?" She's like, "It was just the weirdest thing." She's like, "I just visualized myself there all the time." Yeah, like I just, I just put myself there all the time, saw myself living there, and here I am. I'm fucking living here. And so. there's
0: so many stories, so like much that. of that. But like, that's a practical, so,
1: like not creative brain person per se. Yeah, like in the cookie cutter sense. Mm-hmm. And they're doing some woo-woo-ass shit Fucking randomly But yeah. like it worked out pretty well There's and, like, a lot of There's a lot of crossover People with that.
0: in like If you read the book <laughs> Think and Grow Rich By Napoleon Hill He talks about this And he interviewed like The billionaires at that time Like the richest people in the world At that time This was written in like The 1950s or 40s Or something like that But he basically like Wanted to see if there was Some sort of like Consistent factor In these people's Ability to be rich And while they had Way vastly different approaches to becoming wealthy and like completely different mindsets the one thing that's that's that like connected them all was like they all had this belief and they all like visualized themselves succeeding like there were certain fundamentals that they all had in common and he wrote down like what they were and that's what the book is is like the things that they all did that that were consistent amongst all of them
1: yeah yeah and and there you go so there's like successful ass people that aren't selling fucking art online mm-hmm. like the meme would be yeah and they do it too so and,
0: and then there's people that it's like okay well if it's so easy to just visualize a million dollars and you get a million dollars and why isn't everyone doing it because number one not everyone wants a million dollars like me thinking about having a million dollars what is it's more about like how would that change my lifestyle i would actually need a really strong reason to like want that, that I would put the million dollars for and this is how it would change my life. And I'd visualize more of like what that would do for me rather than the actual physical million dollars. 100%. And number two, most people don't believe they can actually attain a million dollars. So you can say all you want to yourself. Like I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. I heard these affirmations work. And if you don't actually believe it, you don't actually feel it in your bones that you have that or could have that, then it, it just isn't, that wouldn't happen well, for you. Believe it or you. not.
1: It just opens you up to more um choices that you don't really realize are choices at the time. Yeah. So like if opportunity comes to you, you don't have an excuse to why for why you can't do it. You you can actually figure out why yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you're more open to these avenues. Other- yeah, and honestly, I've never met anyone in my life, um, and I, I've met a lot of people in the creative mm-hmm. field, but I've never met anyone in my life who found a way to say constantly say no to things who made it. Never. No. Never. So the reminds, people who do that the most are the biggest washouts of all.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of that joke. I don't know if I heard this when I was a kid, but um, it was a guy. He falls off a boat. He's drowning in the middle of the ocean and uh, a lifeboat comes out to save him. And he and they're like, hey, here, here's a life." a life raft or whatever come on and the guy's like no no no! god will save me don't worry oh yeah and like another boat comes uh, later and they're like hey hey come here like we'll save you and he's like no, no no god will save me i'm good and so he's drowning he's drowning and then like the helicopter comes and like drops a ladder down and it's like sir this is your last chance at survival to like, grab the hel- the ladder and he's like God will save me. And then the guy dies and he goes to heaven and he's like, God, why didn't you save me? And God's like, I sent two boats and a helicopter.
1: And a fucking ladder, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: the guy was just like, no, I'm like going to manifest being saved instead of like, we're literally doing the, it there's you're getting sent opportunities to be saved because you're thinking about it But they're thinking
1: about the golden opportunity Like I want someone to walk up to me and <laughs> hand me a million dollars or yeah. whatever right the, the easiest path and the
0: ideal uh, version like I know sometimes I've I've thought like I've thought like oh, man I'm failing like I'm failing at, th- at everything um, <clears throat> Because it's not the picture that I had in my head of success yeah. You know, and it took uh, my therapist at the time to be like, well, paint a picture of your life for if someone was to take your life, like if you were, in, you know, come, if someone you're getting reincarnated and someone's going to describe like what your life's going to be like, describe it to me. And I'm like, okay, well, I live in like LA. And it's, and she's like, well, describe the neighborhood. You really like the neighborhood? Na- like, yeah, it was a really pretty neighborhood. And um, at the time we were living in that apartment. And um, I was like, yeah. well, you know, it's not like my dream house. Not the but- funeral
1: home. But, no, not the
0: funeral home, but you. it was really a really pretty better. neighborhood and a neighborhood I really like. And okay, what do you do for a living? Okay, well, I make content and, you know, like try to make people laugh. And, um, you know, so like I, and so, so I work for myself and like, well, who, who are you? Do you have a relationship? Like, yeah, I do. have. I have a husband that like really loves me. Like, you know, and I've been, and you're painting this picture of your life and it's like, now would you, if, would you trade that for some, something else? And it's like. Yeah, no, I guess I wouldn't. I just didn't really think of that wasn't my picture of where I thought I would be at that point in my yeah. life. So I, I labeled it a failure, and right. and inst- and I was operating from this like place of like I I of lack, you know, really that like I didn't have everything that I thought I was gonna have. And once you reworded it like that, and I started to just see all the things I was super grateful for, and like kind of like the progression of how far I've come. I'm not a waitress anymore. I'm not like lonely anymore i'm with someone that loves me i have a lot of love in my life i have two cats i really love um you know like well, two stupid kitties yeah well, well once i started <laughs> acting out of this like you know abundance you i started, started to visualize
1: more cats i had
0: an abundance of cats You're like later. Uh, now
1: I was two <laughs> more cats
0: i got a much bigger place within the span i to I, fill with cats. I felt like i was hitting a wall with finding a house i wanted to buy a house forever and like a, uh, hitting a wall. State. You
1: said we're gonna die in our old place. I said
0: I'm gonna die here. You said we're going
1: no, you said we're going to die yes. here.
0: Because <laughs> I was not open. My <laughs> <was> the-, <laughs>
1: the most dramatic shit. <laughs> fucking this chick is hilarious. I'm telling you, man, if my life isn't a sitcom, whose is, bro? You want to hate on my fucking life being a sitcom? Good luck writing that shit. <laughs> I wake up in it every fucking day. I see this chick. I wake up, I'm out. In the hallway, Nikki's like, for some reason, bent all the way over on all fours, fucking breathing or whatever. <laughs> my life is hilarious. And then she's like, I had to take in my moon rocks from last night. Oh, shit. First of all, oh, oh, I was oh. on like, f- Gets up all of a sudden, and she pulls up her pants, and she's like, oh, shit. I left all my moon rocks outside.
0: <laughs> First of all, I was doing cat-cow poses and yoga. Yeah, if you say it was so. very ray it's a very basic thing yeah. to do in LA especially
1: yeah.
0: and then secondly they weren't moon rocks they were crystals that were charging under the full moon thank you sorry they were there was lapidolite there point was point being she
1: forgot about them and then she's there like there was oh, amazonite shit and it's like the o shit is like the o shit that you and have and rainbow
0: obsidian out there if you're
1: about to burn the fucking house down because you left the oven on <clears> like the o shit is just so incredible well, because and i'm like i'm like Where's the studio audience? Can I at least can I at least walk in the room, get my applause for a second before you guys like lay this shit on my if head? If it
0: sits in the sun too long, it could discolor them.
1: I know. Are so. you comfortable doing a part two of this, by the way? Uh yeah, there, well, I think what, we just should.
0: What else is there to talk? So- I mean, no, I think what we else. just should. But what else? I guess okay. No, we no, uh, questions. So much more,
1: there's actually like an entire second half of this that I want to okay. talk about. Okay.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, let's do a part two. We were do because a part I two. was actually gonna touch on shadow your shadow self and how a lot of people deny these aspects of themselves because they've been told that they're not societally acceptable and shadow work is really confronting these parts of yourself that are blocking you from getting all the things that you want. Mm. So yeah.
1: I think we should start with that. Okay. On this next on this next upcoming Episode. episode
0: so i hope you like this episode i know there's like i know it might rattle a few f- ruffle a few feathers uh, because <laughs> there are people who if you're not happy with your current life situation you kind of get mad that we've gotten you know uh people su- saying that there's survivorship bias and we've done a whole episode on survivorship bias too you could, talk, you could go watch yeah. that if you want to see it sure. but i i feel like i some people needed to hear this aspect of truth and i've been going down a path of just finding my my pure truth to mm-hmm. share with the world and i have noticed lately that it has ruffled feathers and i was like well why and that's when the shadow work part wow. came in and um and so i'm sorry uh, to those of you who are who did maybe got their feathers ruffled and, and maybe you weren't ready f- to receive that message but i think that this message was like for a lot of people that didn't need to hear it so. i
1: agree and but also at the same time um always zoom out always take things a little less seriously cuz we live in a world now where you post a fucking twitter a tweet about how you won a fucking stuffed bear at a carnival and everyone's kind of pissed about it actually
0: yeah or you because what
1: about this going on was right a now? joke
0: uh, on twitter <laughs> where it's like don't do twitter like you post i like pancakes and you'll get five responses like so you hate waffles yeah so really so, so you like, hate waffles so
1: waffles is just like go go fuck them why don't guess, you like huh? waffles yeah
0: is it because you're you're too elite and Did you, you know, don't order waffles anymore you know anymore? who made
1: pancakes <laughs> guess what they raped people <laughs> It's like oh shit I don't fucking know I like You pancakes. support rape Yeah so you so Just say you support just, rape Just say you're down with that And we'll, we'll move on Yeah And it's like oh my god And it's like oh thank god I didn't post I like pancakes with syrup Cause I just <laughs> I was just reading about syrup And I was like oh god It's very uh That, really, that would have been bad The
0: way that they farm syrup <laughs> So many trees get slaughtered <laughs>
1: Exactly see
0: Okay so anyway Alright we'll be back Hope you guys like this And uh, we'll see you next time yeah, bye. Hey, bye Bye Bye